brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. I had a different story ready for you today, complete with a video ready to go live when Italian media, last night, released a report that some are calling a bombshell. Benedict's book was published posthumously and had been ready to go since May, but the publisher had been given explicit instructions not to publish until after Benedict's passing, which, as we all know, happened on December 31st, 2022. The book has been published and excerpts are available now, and quite frankly, a stir is being caused because Benedict confirms a lot of what we had already suspected about the state of the church. In that book, Benedict XVI addresses his resignation from the papacy, and the undeniable fact that most bishops and a great many priests don't have the Catholic faith, and he describes it in unequivocal terms. Take all the time you need to let the implications of that do their work in your mind. But what we know is that the bishops and the media have been silent on this story. So let's dive in. Here's what we know so far. That book confirms the absolute degradation of the church into a glorified club for men of the James Martin persuasion. Think about that. The seminaries have been nearly totally taken over by such men to embolden and cement their hold on the church, according to Ratzinger's book. What's more, and directly connected to this, is that most bishops in the Western world functionally reject the Catholic faith and the traditions of the faith. That's according to Pope Benedict himself, not to some rad-trad YouTuber like myself. The reporting comes from a mainstream Italian news outlet, and what's most curious about this is that the story has not been picked up by any of the U.S. Catholic news outlets, not a one. EWTN owns the National Catholic Register, and neither EWTN or the Register reported on this. And remember, Francis and his ilk have assured us that those outlets are schismatic forces working against Francis. And certainly, no other outlet has covered this either. It's most curious. But the contents of the report are revealing. So, let's go over it. From the article, quote, A posthumous book by Benedict XVI, the Pope Emeritus who passed away last December 31st, has been released. The work is titled, What is Christianity? And collects published and unpublished texts of the period after his resignation. He himself asked the editors, Elio Guerrero and Monsignor George Ganswein, with a letter dated May 1st, 2022. This volume, which collects the writings I composed in the Mater Ecclesia Monastery, must be published after my death. In a letter contained in the book to Guerrero Ratzinger, he had thus motivated his choice. For my part in life, I no longer want to publish anything. The fury of the circles against me in Germany is so strong that the appearance of my every word immediately causes angry shouting on their part. I want to spare myself and Christendom this. End quote. Yeah, the Germans don't, the German bishops don't like him. That'll be important as we go over this. I'll give you an example. A week or so ago, the German bishops decided that Benedict was the first of the post-conciliar pontiffs who should not be rushed to canonization. Yes, I know, most of the popes from the council and onward were canonized or beatified several years after their death, but no one tried to clamp down on the laity trying to get them canonized until Ratzinger had died. Then suddenly they changed their tune, and it's revealing by itself. In the months leading to his passing, 
Benedict had been turned into a scapegoat for the Ted McCarrick problem in Germany, their own version of it. You know, evil men who found their way into the priesthood of God and used their office to commit unspeakable evil for their own enrichment and gratification. The German bishops have called for the church to change her teachings on uh, what I'll usually call around here the James Martin sin. And that proposal is obviously heretical on their part. I mean, on its face, it's heretical. And one that Benedict stood against in his life. Regardless of whatever else you may think of him, he stood against it. Now, which makes the next part of this report so interesting? Because as it turns out, most of the bishops of the church aren't even Catholic, according to Benedict. And they control the seminaries to keep their evil alive in the church. There are implications to that which the article doesn't touch, and it doesn't make clear if Benedict addressed them in his book. Implications involving sedevacantism and harder line recognize and resist positions that most people in this space aren't really willing to address. Let's go over the, what the article says, though. Quote, in the book, Benedict XVI confides, there were individual bishops, and not only in the United States, who rejected the Catholic tradition as a whole, aiming in their dioceses to develop a kind of new modern Catholicity. Perhaps it is worth mentioning the fact that in not a few seminaries, students caught reading my books were considered unfit for the priesthood. My books were concealed as harmful literature and were read only in secret, so to speak. Benedict XVI also speaks of uh, the James Martin sin and the fact that there are clubs for such men in seminaries. Writing about the meeting that Pope Francis had convened with the presidents of all Episcopal conferences of the world on the subject of the Ted McCarrick problem among the priests, Ratzinger underlines, in the context of the meeting of the presidents of the Episcopal conferences of the whole world with Pope Francis, it is at heart above all the question of priestly life and also that of seminaries. As regards the problem of preparation for priestly ministry in seminaries, we note, in fact, a vast collapse of the existing form of this preparation, end quote. And that is probably the biggest bombshell here. And he gets he dives deeper into it in a minute here. But in plainer language, what he is saying is that in a way that we can talk about on this platform, what he's saying is Benedict is directly linking the sin that James Martin wants the church to make okay in the elimination of clerical celibacy to the Ted McCarrick problem in the church. That problem of men who are not fit to be priests, who found their way into the priesthood and used their sacred office for evil deeds. He's linking even the elimination of clerical celibacy to making the problem worse, not easier, not better. Few are willing to admit this. And it's unfortunate that Benedict chose to wait until after his death to have this admission made public. But given that he was essentially a prisoner in the Vatican, let's not be surprised. And the most telling part about this is the response to it. Silence from Catholic media. As of the time of the production of this podcast episode, no major Catholic media site in the United States or Europe has reported on this. No reporting whatsoever. That's huge. The silence is deafening. And thanks to the Twitter user who sent this to me uh, yesterday, I do appreciate it. Perhaps there's no reporting on all this because of this, though. Quote, Then Benedict XVI underlines, In various seminaries, these clubs were formed which acted more or less openly and were clearly transformed the, the environment of the seminaries. In a seminary in southern Germany, candidates for the priesthood and candidates for the lay office of pastoral re reverent life lived together. During common meals, the seminarians were together with married pastoral representatives. 
partly accompanied by their wives and children, and in some cases by their girlfriends. The atmosphere in the seminary could not help priestly formation. He, Benedict, then reports that, quote, a bishop who had previously been rector had allowed the kind of indecent, evil, impure films that you find on the internet that sends more people to confession, apparently, than anything else, to be shown to seminarians, presumably with the intention of thereby enabling them to resist against behavior contrary to the faith. End quote. Showing seminarians these kind of impure films isn't going to help form them better against that evil, destroying society. Most of them have been exposed to that filth just like the rest of us. The opposite effect is what's going to happen, and I'm sure they knew this. Any struggles with impure behavior and habits that they may have had under control and have finally gone away in their life will probably resurface. And either the bishops in question know that or, or are so hopelessly naive that they clearly don't understand the nature of evil and how evil these things we're talking about here truly are. Either way, they're not fit to be bishops when they're doing that. But perhaps the biggest bombshell isn't a bombshell at all. Benedict wrote about his resignation, and I hate to be the one to disappoint you, but no, he didn't say anything about being pushed out of the office, forced to resign, or anything like that either, from pressure from within the Roman Curia or from pressure placed on him by powerful governments and international interests outside the church. Like, honestly, most of us here suspect. Instead, he doubles down on his health concerns. So from that article, quote, Benedict XVI also speaks of his resignation in 2013 and says he was exhausted at the time. The book reads, quote, When I announced my resignation from the ministry of Peter's successor on February 11th, 2013, I had no plan for what I would do in the new situation. I was too exhausted, in his words, to be able to plan other jobs. Furthermore, the publication of The Infancy of Jesus, that's a book by Ratzinger, seemed like a logical conclusion to my theological writings. After the choosing of Francis, I slowly resumed my theological work. Thus, over the years, a series of small and medium-sized contributions have taken shape, which are presented in this volume, end quote. So, my initial reaction to this article was honestly that it contained little that we didn't already know. We've had reports from former seminarians in nearly every American diocese that describes exactly the same situation Benedict describes the seminaries being in. Good seminarians with strong vocations chased out of seminary because they dared to read Benedict's books, which aren't the most, honestly, the most conservative thing you will ever read anyway. The seminaries themselves being basically vacation resorts for the kinds of men James Martin spends his time advocating for with rampant activities of the kinds you'd associate with them happening in the seminaries. But to have Benedict himself admit it and publish it for the world to see in a book that people have been waiting for since it was announced is revealing. And that is kind of a bombshell. And the silence from Catholic media, both in Europe and America, is also revealing. Even the better media outlets aren't talking about this, at least not yet. Whether they ever do decide to report on this is anyone's guess. What is your reaction to this reporting? Is this, in fact, a bombshell? That's how everyone who reads the article describes it. So let me know in the comments if any of this surprises you, or if you're surprised that the Catholic mainstream media aren't talking about this either. And quite frankly, I'm not surprised by it that they're not talking about it because this really goes against the entire narrative of the post-conciliar church. But anyway, let me know what you think.
Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot, too. And thanks to the patrons for your continued support of the work I do here. It is greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.